Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joey Nelson from Christ Temple Church's Young Adult Ministry Community. Each week we're going to upload the message from our Wednesday night service in hopes that we can help build your faith, uplift you in your walk with Christ, and as Proverbs 27:17 says, to help iron sharpen iron. So enjoy this week's message. So, um, so the, the, the biggest thing that we've discovered about, about being a, d- a deliverance minister and one of the things that the Lord taught us uh, was that all of this has got to be based in one thing, and that one thing is love. It says that love energizes faith. And uh, some of you may have heard this story before, but I really need to, uh, to, to tell you about it uh, in order to communicate how God communicated to me how much love is a key. Uh, so um, our goddaughter, uh, her name is Macy, and uh, uh, Macy passed away a few years ago. She was 17 years old, and she was involved in an automobile accident. Um, I get through this story sometimes without crying, so I'm hoping to do that tonight. But uh, she was a wonderful, wonderful young lady. Um, we had been working with her since she was 12. Uh, Terry and I went to uh, Alaska. We were on the Kenai Peninsula, which is about four hours south of, uh, of Anchorage. And uh, we were uh, teaching a seminar, not unlike this one, but it was about a three-day one. Uh, and we were teaching people about deliverance ministry. Uh, at that time, we called it Free in Christ. So um, at the end of that, she was there helping, and she was you know, helping put out the refreshments and lunch and doing all those, those types of things. Sweet, sweet kid. Um, at the end, we made it available for people to get in line and receive uh, some type of prayer ministry, whatever, uh, at that point, and we were doing it pretty quickly. Uh, so I noticed about, there's probably, what, 60, 70 people? Go faster, okay. I need to go, she's telling me I need to go faster. So what I, what, what, what I noticed was about 15 people back, as, as she's getting closer, that there's a physical spotlight on this little 12-year-old girl. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about, it's like much brighter than what this would be, and making her stand out above, above and beyond everybody else. It was like there was literally a big light above her shining down on her. And I'm standing there trying to pray for these other people, and I'm going, Lord, what are you doing? I can't concentrate on what's going on. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing with these other people, and you've got this light on this little girl. So she keeps getting closer. She's still got the light on her. When she finally steps up, up to me, I just reached out and I put my hand on her forehead. And my theology would have told me at that time that God couldn't make me do anything. And I'm telling you that if you look at the verse of Scripture where Elizabeth uh, prophesied over Mary when she came into the room, basically it was one of those situations where the rocks would have cried out had it not been delivered. And I felt like that that was the situation, that I really didn't have a choice. The Lord just spoke through me to that group of people and to her. Uh, one thing I didn't tell everybody was is that at the end of that, the Lord said, this girl's your daughter. Uh, I didn't even tell you for, what, two or three days, probably. Didn't know what to do with that. I'd raised two boys. Uh, had no clue how, how to handle the, uh, that situation. We'll come to find out she had been uh, abused as a child, uh, still was a child then at 12, uh, multiple times, and uh, was being raised by two uh, parents in addiction. Uh, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, I, I brought her before the, the, that church before we left and said, hey, you guys need to take care of her. Uh, she needs to be you know, nurtured and mentored. And uh, so I put, what, $500, I think, on the table, 
I said, can you get her to the, uh, the, the teen camp that Terry and I work at as a, uh, uh, we basically do the ministry part of it, uh, what I would call uh, prayer ministry for kids. I know, but I got to tell this part to get through the love part. Um, so at the, uh, uh, she, she, again, we worked with her for many years. She, uh, she passed away at, at age 17. I'm sitting there after that, uh, it's probably almost a year later, and I'm reading my, my Bible, which is, I don't use paper. <laughs> so I'm sitting here reading my Bible, and uh, I, I'm looking at a, at a verse of scripture that talks about, and Jesus healed them all. So whenever I saw that verse, I just started to kind of contemplate a little bit, but uh, the Lord actually showed me a picture of a time that I had ministered to Macy, where we were sitting outside at that teen camp on a bench, and uh, she came and she said, Mike, it happened again. And I knew immediately what she was talking about. She had been abused again. Uh, and I just reached over and I put my hand on her shoulder, and as soon as I touched her, the spirits cried out, came out of her, left, and I'm sitting there going, and I'm like, I didn't even have to say in the name of Jesus. I didn't have to say go. I didn't have to say nothing. I just reached over and touched her on the shoulder and the spirits flushed and went. So I'm reading that verse of scripture. It says, and Jesus healed them all. God shows me this picture and I'm going, hmm. And then I ask him, Father, why did you treat her so differently? And I literally hear, not audibly, but I hear here inside of me, I hear him laugh. It's, Son, I didn't treat her differently. You loved her differently. And then that one is the one that I put back on my own shoulders. And I said, well, thank you for that, God. I said, I, that means I got to learn how to love everybody like I loved her in order to have the ability to walk into a situation and to heal them all, to deliver them all, that it requires that kind of love. So basically, you know, uh, Galatians 5, 6 says, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which works or is energized by love. Mark 5, 19 says, Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion or love on thee. And this is talking about the, uh, the, the demoniac uh, legion. Um, now, a lot of the stuff that we cover, uh, again, remember I was talking about theology earlier, everybody's got their own kind of brand of theology, and we may cross over some of that, so that's where we might get some of the offended people, but I can tell you that scripturally, deliverance ministry is something that uh, is absolutely necessary. So, uh, hopefully I can find this. So in Mark chapter 7, and go down, it says uh, in verse... Yes. You want to play this? Yeah, dude. Oh, ready? Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, and then I'll get back to this. Yay. I will try to deceive you and get you into error. I will get you off it. And if you still stay true, I would try to disqualify you. I would get you immoral. I would get you where no one would believe what came out of your mouth. I would make you a tabloid where nobody believed you. 
I would remove your confidence where you were afraid to speak because your life was such a shambles. I would get you into sin. I would prowl like a roaring lion to devour you morally. And if I couldn't do that, I would try to make you successful. And I would distract you. I've been disqualified. I would get you physically. I would get you so distracted and disattracted from the gospel that no longer would your prayers be about holiness and souls. They would only be about the bottom line in your business. I would get you material and no longer concerned about the spiritual nature of life. If I couldn't do that, I would divide you. If I couldn't divide you, I've almost lost you. You know what I'd do then? I would discourage you. Then if I couldn't discourage you, That's the whole point. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. And that's really the biggest thing that we've got to, uh, uh, to overcome a lot of times is, is that through many different types of doctrine and whatever else, I mean, um, some believers, some Christians teach that uh, a Christian can't have a demon. Uh, some people, you know, they teach a lot of, diff a lot of different stuff, but uh, Mark 7, 25, and this is the first place I want to take this, for a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him, heard of Jesus, and came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek or a Syrophoenician by nation, and she brought, she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. But Jesus said unto her, let the children first be filled, for it's not meat to take the children's bread. Not meat to take the children's bread. So in reference to deliverance ministry he's just made the statement that this is the children's bread is deliverance ministry so um, so let the children first be filled for it's not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it under the dogs and she answered and said unto him yes lord yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs so and he said unto her for this saying go thy way the devil is gone out of thy daughter so that's that, that, that situation where she was not of the, of the children of Israel. She was not of the household. But yet, because of her faith, he decided to go ahead and minister to her the children's bread. All right? So um, the, the other two verses or the other two sections of Scripture that I always take people to with regard to uh, can a Christian have a demon is Acts 4, 31 through 5, 4. This is a, one of those places where you can really see how the word interprets itself in a number of different ways. It'll interpret itself in its general context, in its remoter context, uh, and uh, there's a lot of, lot of little cool key things here. So I'm going to read this to you. Uh, and when they had prayed and, play, and the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spake the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them, and brought the prices of those things that were sold, and laid them down at the apostles' feet. And distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. And Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, 
which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite under the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, this is another way that the, the, in, in, in interpretation of the word that you got to watch. Now, all of a sudden, you got a chapter break, chapter 5. But you have to understand that those chapter breaks and those verse numbers and those uh, commas and those periods and those all that punctuation that gets put in there was all added much later, okay? So there is no authority in these chapter headings, and there's no authority in these verse, verse things. So you got to read it without going, oh, it ends right there. No, having land, sold it, and brought the money, and laid it at the apostles' feet. Then it says, but a certain man named Ananias, Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession and kept back part of the price. So let's go back to the remoter context. The remoter context is saying we're talking about the believers. We're talking about the household. We're talking about those people who had devoted themselves to being in that household of people. So, and it says, but a certain man named Ananias was fire. His wife sold a possession and kept back part of the price. His wife also being privy to it and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, listen to this. Why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie? That word filled is the Greek word plerao. It means filled to capacity. Why hath Satan filled your heart to capacity? In order to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back part of the price of the land. So, you know, that filled, and then that, that word heart, that word heart is the seed of the personal life, okay? It's the seed of the soul life, S-O-U-L. Again, we've got to go back and we have to have an understanding here that we have body, which is the physical, this stuff, soul, which is what makes you you, that's your personality, that's the electricity that makes your body function, and spirit. So we're three-part beings once we become born again, body, soul, and spirit, Okay? So this is talking about why has Satan filled thine soul life? The, the, what makes you you filled your heart with these thoughts and caused you to lie to the Holy Spirit? So uh, that's not too big a jump. It's not, it's not an evil can evil jump here to understand that that lie is a spirit, is a lying spirit, okay? The second one is, I thought I had this stuff in here for, what's the the page on you guys. Um, the next one is actually um, Simon the Sorcerer, uh, and it talks about Simon uh, being a uh, a man who had bewitched all of Samaria. Whenever Philip went down there, Philip was considered Philip the Evangelist, not Philip that was the one of the twelve. Okay, he was one of the seven, I think, that came in and was was to serve tables under people in Jerusalem. But then he moved kind of up the line, was, showed his ministry forth, and went out. In that. Uh, so he goes down there, he teaches, and uh, that's Acts 8, I'm almost sure. Yeah, okay, so Acts 8, 5. So then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them, and the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies that were lame and were healed. That word possessed is the word daimonitsomai. It really means demonized. It doesn't mean possessed because as a Christian, you cannot be completely owned by the devil, all right? So I don't like the word possessed. I use demonized, traumatized, uh, tormented, whatever it is else you want to look at, what other word you want to put in there, uh, but not possessed. Uh, so it says... Uh, and many taken with palsies that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. But, using that word but again, but there was a certain man called Simon, 
which before time in that same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out himself that was, he was some great one, to whom all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying this man is the great power of God. And to him they had regard because that of long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. But, is that word but again? But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Then Simon himself believed also. Not only did Simon himself believe also, when he was baptized, he continued with Philip, wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received, again, this is how you got to look at, uh, the English language is not very precise, okay? So these two, there's two words used here for received. This first one is uh, decomai. So it says, uh, which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received. Okay, they had received internally, subjectively. They had brought, they had received the Holy Spirit. Okay, is what it's saying, that the word of God, and they sent them Peter and John. The reason that Peter and John went down there is because this is the first time on record that people had not manifested speaking in tongues when they were born again. Okay, so this is the first, first time of that record. And it says, um, who when they were come down prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. The second word receive is the word lambano. Okay? Lambano means to receive into manifestation. It means that you, know, you have now manifested what's internally inside of you. So that's the, the Greek word uh, lambano. Um, and they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw that through laying on of apostles' hands the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money. So you still got the old man nature there. He turned and said, hey, I'll give you a few dollars if you'll teach me how I can lay hands on people and offer the power of God too. Okay? Uh, that wasn't quite what Peter wanted to hear because Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Again, we're back to that word heart. Remember I told you it means the soul life? So his soul life was not right with God. He had received Holy Spirit. He had been born again. He received the, the, the word of God into his life. He had been baptized. It says so up there. Okay. So uh, it says that uh, thou hast neither partner lot, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent therefore of this thy wickedness, and pray God if perhaps that thou, uh, that the thought of thine heart, <clears throat> thought of your soul life, might be forgiven you. And uh, it says, for I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness, Talking about spirit of bitterness and that, um, I keep losing my place, and and in the bond of iniquity. So spirit of iniquity, spirit of bondage. Okay, so that's what, what we're dealing with. Sure, spirit of bitterness. Yeah, spirit of bitterness, spirit of iniquity. Uh, and that bond, it means to be shackled and held down by and to be restricted or restrained by. So he was restricted or restrained by both of those spirits, the spirit of bitterness and the spirit of iniquity. So... That's at least three areas right there where you can see that a Christian can have a demon. Um, the last part that I wanted to, to go over here real quick, and then I'll turn it over to Miss Terry. Actually, I got two parts here. Uh, let's talk about identity, position, and authority. In order to operate in any of the the uh, what I call power manifestations, okay. Uh, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits are the revelation manifestations, and the next three are uh, faith, miracles, and healing. To operate in that faith, miracles, and healing uh, requires us to know who we are in Jesus. Because you know, it's not about me. 
If I start thinking it's about me, if I start thinking it's about anything that I bring to the table, I promise you nothing's going to happen. It is that I have power and authority in the name of Jesus Christ. And Terry Day, you told me to write that down. Did I write it down? Did you pick up my paperwork? I think I picked up yours instead of mine. Yeah. Um, Luke 10. Thank God I've got a decent memory still at my age. <laughs> I, can, I can do this. I promise you. Luke 10. Probably right around 19. Let's see what it says. It says, uh, And the 70 returned again with joy, saying unto the Lord, even, So this is not, deliverance ministry is not just for the apostles, okay? Not just for the 12, because it says the 70, right? So it says, And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. So they had done so much damage on earth uh, as believers that Satan himself, the devil himself, had to come down in order to get this stuff taken care of. So he had come down to, to marshal his troops. It says, Behold, I give unto you power. And this is the key verse, verse 19 of Luke 10. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So we have power and authority, right? Now the big thing that you got to look here is there's two words for power here. One uh, is exousia. The first, one, the, yeah, the first one is exousia. So I give unto you power or exousia. That means exercise power, the, the ability to, to throw the punch. Okay. So we have exercise power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. This next word is the word dunamis. Dunamis means all the inerrant power, all the everything that the devil is, including all of his demons in one bucket, put everything in one place. We have exousia, the ability to come against that and to overcome it, all the power of the enemy. Everything he's got and everything he is and everything he brings to the table and everything that every demon that's with him brings to the table, we have power and authority over all of that. So I come back to then again when we talk about identity, position, and authority, that gave us the authority right there. He spoke to us and said, hey, you have, I've given it to you. Power and authority over all the power of the enemy. Second to that, position and authority, or position and identity. Who are you in Christ Jesus? It takes going back to the church epistles, Romans, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, all of these, you know, uh, Thessalonians, all of them. You gotta go back and you gotta find out who you are in Christ. What did he, what did he accomplish then at that point, you're allowed to carry. Well, it says he was seated in the heavenlies at the right hand of God. And it also says that we're seated with him. Mm -hmm. So if he is the epitome of righteousness, that means we are the epitome of righteousness. righteousness. If he is sanctified, we are sanctified. All of those things, all the, I mean, all those sonship rights that he gave us, everything that he, that he died upon the cross to bring us, you know, the power and the authority over the king. It's, you know, we read that first verse. What did it say? For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. It says that we're going to do the same works that he did and greater works. So if he has the ability to destroy the works of the devil, so do we. Every believer, every believer, every believer, everybody who is born again, everybody who has Christ in them, everybody who has God in Christ in them has the ability to do this. Are there some who are called to it, have a little more practice at it? Uh, maybe uh, you want to use the word anointed. Whatever you want to look at, that's all there. 
And those are all possibilities, but every believer should be able to step into a situation like that and do it. You may only do it a few times in your life. I've had the privilege to do it a couple thousand times, Terry and I, together. Uh, so that, God's called us into it. Uh, it's, it's not an easy ministry. Uh, you get inundated with the things that the devil does to people. We both ask God for short memories. Uh, I don't want to look at somebody and remember what the devil did to them. What I want to do is I want to look at them and see the Christ in them. And that's where we, where we got to go with that. But you have to understand what your position and authority is, that you have the right. You know, when I pray before a deliverance ministry, one of the first things I do is I say, Father, we have a right and a privilege and a power to walk into the throne room. Because Jesus Christ paid that price that I can approach unto you without any sense of sin, guilt, or condemnation. And then I can ask for a word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and discerning of spirits, and a strategy to walk this person out of the bondage that they're in. And we pray that out loud. So that's where, that's where you've got to know what position and, and, and authority that you're in. And again, you know, because I'm going fast and whatever else, I may sound like this bold, brash person. It's like, I know I don't bring anything to the table. I, Mike Day, did not do anything that allows me to do what I do. God, through Jesus Christ, gives us power and authority over all the power of the enemy. Once we figure that out, I've done it enough times, three, you know, two to three thousand times that we've done this together, we know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I know he's showing up. Yeah. I have no doubt about it. When I look somebody in the eyes and I say, come out in the name of Jesus, I know he's coming and he's going to do it. I don't have any doubt about it. So that's what makes that, uh, number one, it makes it fun. <laughs> I, like to, I like to be the, uh, uh, the guy that does that. I like to be the one. I'm, I'm, uh, you ever heard on a, on a hockey team, what do they call the, uh, the enforcer? Yeah. I, like, I love to be the enforcer. I love to be the guy that calls them out. Uh, and you find out some, you know, some, some wild stuff. Sometimes, they, sometimes it's Hollywood. Sometimes it's nothing more than just a breath that they leave on. It doesn't have to be anything big and major. All it has to be is successful. And if the person who wants ministry brings a little tiny bit of faith, mustard seed, I know God is going to show up and do what he does in the name of Jesus Christ and that power and that authority. So that's identity and position. Uh, last thing, and I'll... Two kingdoms. This is important. Yeah. Uh, you so, want to look at board in your notes. Just pay attention. Yeah. Tell her she doesn't have to. She doesn't have to go out. She can stay in. I, I can talk over. Yeah. <laughs> bring the baby. Yeah. Bring the baby. That's what we're here for. So two kingdoms. There is a kingdom of the devil. I mean, remember what the quote from Baudelaire there was that the greatest trick that he ever pulled was convincing everybody he doesn't exist. That's right. Yeah, the, the, the devil, the greatest trick you ever pulled is convincing everybody he doesn't exist. Um, so when we look at that, we've got to understand that there are two kingdoms. Uh, Satan was Lucifer in the beginning. He was the angel of light. Uh, he got kicked out. He tried to usurp authority from, from God, got kicked out of heaven. He also took a third of the angels of heaven with him. Okay? They're not just sitting on their hands, folks, I promise you. They have a job. Steal, kill, and destroy. That's what they're supposed to be doing. That's what they're, they're commissioned to do, is to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, he operates in a very legalistic kingdom, okay? If we give them authority over our life, they will take it. Every single time, you give them the power to come into your life, and they will take that power. They will take that authority 
and they will make a home. It says so. Says that Jesus says that whenever an unclean spirit leaves a person, it goes to the dry place and it comes back and it finds the house empty, swept, and garnished. When Terry and I finally saw that verse, it was like, no, 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 no. I am no one's house. I mean, we just got downright upset about it. I'm not going to be somebody's house. So I want to read you a couple of things that, that, that kind of track some of the things that I just said here. In uh, Isaiah 14, verse 12, says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High God. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. So that's how Satan got kicked out, okay? Revelation 12, 4 talks about it in a little more uh, poetic way uh, about it. And you've got to understand when you read Revelation, parts of Revelation cover the past, parts of it cover currently where we are, and parts of it cover the future. So you've got to kind of know from that standpoint in the interpretation of the word where you're at. This is the past, and it says... Uh, in Revelation 12, 4, And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child. So that's talking about the third part of the angels of heaven. He drew with his tail and cast them to the earth. And it even goes over that more. It says, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceives the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So that's where we get this. It says, neither was there any more among them that lacked. Okay, I'm getting close. So there's the, the, the basics of that there are two kingdoms. So in that two kingdoms, I kind of need to go back to can a Christian have a demon? That ends up being a doctrine that becomes very accusatory, becomes very uh, shaming, because now all of a sudden, if that's the doctrine, then I've lost my, my sonship. I've lost my ability to be a child of God because now if I admit that I've got a demon or that I've got a problem or that I've got something that, because most of the time people don't understand that a lot of times it just sounds like you talking to you. It's that negative self-talk that's going on that is a demon. They don't sound like this in this big, deep, demonic voice. They sound like you talking to you. It's when you look in the mirror. It's when something comes up. It's when the pressure is on. All the things that you say to yourself, that's a lot of times where the demon is speaking. If you ask anybody who's gone through deliverance, one of the major things that they experience afterwards is there is an extreme amount of quiet. All of a sudden, all the voices are gone. All of a sudden, all the negative self-talk is gone. All of a sudden, things are different. So in, in that idea that, uh, that if, we, if we become as Christians accusatory towards people that, you know what, if you've got a demon, you know, it puts them in a place where they cannot admit that they've got these problems. You've got people, and I use this, I'm not saying literally, but you have people sitting on the front row of churches who have major problems, who've been there, who've been disciples, who've been there all their, you know, all their lives and have done all these great things, but yet they suffer with all of these problems and they suffer in silence because they feel like that they can't tell anybody 
that they've got these problems. Yeah. So does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So I'm way past. I'm going so to talk to her. I just Yep. But I want to read some words to you, and you tell me after I'm done if you like these words and you want these words in your life. Mm. Affliction, suffering, persecution, tribulation, distress, sorrows, trouble, disturbed, hated, reviled, insults, difficulties, pestilence, plague, spoileth, deceitful, bonds, bondage, oppressor, wicked, accusation, bite, devour, prisoner, captive, ensnared, trap, pit, vexed, oppressed. You like any of those words? I don't want them in my life. These are words straight from the Word of God that describe our enemy's desire on our lives. Just like we have a personal savior, we have a personal enemy. Um, what I wanted to uh, go over is, uh, Mike and I, uh, there's no formulas except for one formula, and that is be led by the Holy Spirit. Um, there's, uh, uh, I, I wrote down here that uh, there's no one way to do deliverance ministry. Uh, we've gone, we've, uh, we've gone and searched out, and we call it, Mike came up with this brilliant, example or mental example that of the Batman utility and so we've gone out and explored uh, who was doing deliverance we went to conferences we uh, went to learn and we would glean and take and put you know our Batman utility <laughs> the tools yeah, every time belt. we find a little tool we put it on the Batman utility yes um, but the thing that we, like Mike said, um, so we've been actually writing a manual ourselves, and I love, I love that we, we say that love is the most important thing, that love is the reason, love is the catalyst, love is the purpose, and love compels us. People are hurt and broken. They feel like there's no hope. But there is an answer. There is a hope, and his name is Jesus. Uh, it's a privilege to minister on behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's power in the name of Jesus. Love and compassion, again, compels us. And um, if you're going to do deliverance ministry, um, we, like when we're sitting with somebody, we, we say, look, we're not doing anything to you. You're working with us. Your Holy Spirit is going to reveal um, what needs to go. And um, uh, so I, I say here, I write down here, uh, you need to be trustworthy. You need to be a person that keeps confidence. Now, 
honestly, for real, when we ask God to wipe our minds, he is faithful. And we, there's people in this room that we've done deliverance with, and I can tell you that God's honest truth, we remember nothing. And we've had people, well, with some people, we don't even remember that we did deliverance with them. And uh, they'll come up to us and they'll say, hey, remember when this happened? We're like, sorry. And so we're thankful. Um, but you still do need to be um, trustworthy, conscientious, that you're not revealing anything um, uh, that... Uh, you have to put stuff in a lockbox. Yes. You're going to find out stuff about people that could absolutely ruin their lives. Mm -hmm. And you got, I mean, it's the old Las Vegas joke, you know, whatever happens in deliverance stays in deliverance. I mean, you cannot let it leave the room. And you have to be, you have to be shown faithful to do that. Uh, or God's not going to trust you with this stuff. Right. And you, I, 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 I want to show you a picture. And that is when I went for deliverance the first time. I was real. I didn't know what to expect, and I was really afraid. I, w I was scared because I felt like over my life, my heart had been stomped and kicked and and shot and and stabbed and and all that. And I was coming to these ministers with my little broken heart. I didn't do any of my, it. You okay. <laughs> <laughs> did not. And I I I did. You know, here I am, and are they going to take my heart and throw it and be critical and judgmental and horrible to me? That, you know, well, you're the one who decided to do that and just put all the blame back on me. And but that's not what happened. <laughs> and so people are coming. They have, um, it's, it is, a, it is important that we realize that this is serious mm -hmm. and um, it's their very lives that is at stake. Um, yeah, there's the people that we've done deliverance ministry, and there's a few in this room. You know, I think that you could probably say that it was a completely different experience than what you thought it was going to be. Uh, it was nothing that was. Um, untoward, nothing that was uh, harmful to you or, or, or shameful or whatever else, that uh, there's no judgment in it. Uh, we got to talk about things sometimes that are happened to people that uh, are, are not pleasant, and uh, we move through it as quickly but as we, we can. we do it with love. Yeah. So. Um, wanted to point out, I said that we went and learned, and uh, we picked up books, and one of our our very first book, and you can take pictures of these books when at the end of the class, Pigs in the Parlor. Uh, this is Frank and Ida Mae Hammond. Great place to start. Great place to start. The next one was Deliver Us from Evil, Don Basham. Awesome. It's just, these are like beginner things. Um, we um, uh, met a couple from uh, England and South, uh, what is it called? South Africa. South Africa. Mm -hmm. And um, they had put, put together a book um, 
called Savings Generals. And this is from many years of operating and ministering in Africa. Yes. Uh, so it applies a little differently mm -hmm. sometimes. I tell everybody, it's like, look, your vocabulary, uh, you've heard the, you've heard it, the, uh, a rose by any other name would smell as sweet, while a demon by any other name would smell as foul. And it gives you a vocabulary by reading all of this stuff. It gives God something to work with so that he can say, hey, it's this spirit, it's that spirit. If you don't know those names, if you don't know what those, those functions are, then God can't really give them to you because you don't have any vocabulary in order to do it. So we read a lot in the beginning in order to get that vocabulary. Yeah, I wanted to point out, um, never forget big God, devil. He is not equal, not even close. Not out. In, in standard to God, he's a bug, okay? In standard yes. to us, he's, he's a hugely powerful entity. Don't get me wrong. We Yes, you certainly need mm -hmm. to know your enemy and all that. But the reason, we're, we are very scripture forward, all right? Mike was talking about identity and who you are and a power and authority and all that. And these little handouts is scripture, scripture, scripture. You do need to get familiar with these scriptures. That um, says that the devils know the word and tremble, okay? But they will eat your lunch if you do not know the genuine. I know that you guys teach that in, your, in this class. So you do need to get familiar with the genuine, which is God's word. Now, so... Lots of scripture, lots of, in, you know, uh, the word of God, a little bit of this kind of stuff. I don't have to read witchcraft books in order mm -hmm. to kick out a spirit of witchcraft. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Um, we went to Henry Wright's uh, Be in Health. Um, got some more tools when we went down there. Highly recommend um, going there for their one-week um, ministry. It's on healing and the spiritual causes of disease, that kind of thing. But it was amazing. Um, at one time, we had a little small church, and we took everybody in our church went. So like about 30 people. And you want to get offended? Read these books. <laughs> yeah, because I, I promise you, somebody's going to cross your theology. Uh, but what I'm trying to tell you is, is that no matter whether they do or whether they don't, they're worth reading. Uh, they they will give you uh, you know, just believe God to to get the tools that you need. One of the greatest things. So on the way to he Thomaston, Georgia, to go to be in mm. health or for my life, I was mad. It's like. Why do we have to go learn from other people when, if it's not broke, why fix it? And, and uh, that's when Mike said to me, honey, we're just going to, it's like the Batman utility belt. We're just going to find some tools. And then our pastor called, and we were literally passing them on, uh, yeah, their way back, 70, on our way too, yeah. 75. And because uh, they'd taken the first group. And um, she called, and, and we were passing each other, and she said, Terry, eat the fish, spit out the bones, and there are bones. 
But doesn't that free you, you know, and not get offended? I was offended. Spirit of offense. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, and then it was so cool. So this was like 15 years ago. I'm in Walmart. And here's this book. I could not believe it was in Walmart. Prayers That Rout Demons and Break Curses by John Eckhart. Excellent, excellent. He's done some other books. Prayers That Move Mountains, Prayers That Activate Blessings, and it's scriptural. I love it. It's really good. And the reason that a lot of these books are brand new and look like they've been unread is because I've loaned my books out to people and they didn't bring them back. So uh, I don't loan books anymore, but you can certainly take pictures of them and um, Amazon is amazing. You can so, find the used ones. This one right here is out of print. I would say try to find one on Amazon if you can. Yes. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great little pamphlet. Uh, Christ the Healer. Derek Prince, Have you, has anybody here heard of Derek Prince? Yeah, amazing man of God, uh, bought with blood. Uh, we're gonna be talking about uh, our weapons. Probably one of the foremost authorities on deliverance ministry from mm -hmm. our century is Derek Prince. Derek I mean, he's Prince. super, uh, super experienced. Super warfare, blessing or curse. Um, and, uh, so, yes, so a little bit of, uh, it's a good idea to be a little bit uh, exposure to um, kind of somebody, you know, if somebody's done some work, like this one is like on hierarchy of, it's kind of like an army, you've got your general and your colonels and all that. This kind of breaks it down and tells you, um, who works under who? You know, a, a spirit, a Jezebel spirit, which, by the way, is not just female. It's no. the the attributes that Jezebel had in the Old Testament. Men have Jezebel. Men spirit. have controlling spirits. Control spirits. Yes. So that book right there, this one right here, and this one right here are probably two of the. the I wouldn't start there, but those are probably two of the best. We actually got permission from. The clues and from Henry Wright's ministry. Henry actually passed away now, and we actually were able to take and do a lot of uh, taking those two books and kind of putting them together. This one really talks about healing, healing, uh, healing through deliverance, and this one talks about principalities and powers and how they work and the hierarchies and how that they're, they're laid There's out. There's another um, good starter, um, the, and. Um, I wish I would have brought it, but there's another one that uh, Robert's Laird in. I just got it in the last year, and I was like, wow, this is so good. Um, and it's kind of got a funny name. It's like ghosts and demons and just kind of a funny, weird name. And Robert's Laird in, excellent. Um, so, how are we doing on time? Uh, you have five minutes. Okay. There you go, look at this. <laughs> so Morgan was supposed to warn us at five. <laughs> so um, uh, we are not to be afraid of spirits. We're not to be ashamed when we have been deceived. We've been look. You know those words I was 
I was talking about <coughs> traps and pits and all that. They trick us. You know? They set, you've been set up. You know, you, you could say, well, but I'm the one who rolled that joint and smoked it and whatever. But really, five years before, you were brought onto a, a path that got you to that place where you started with marijuana and then you started experimenting with other stuff and get into addiction and you're on the streets and you know it's devastation that's the what yeah, the, the devil the goal doesn't is. move you from point a to point b at a mile at a time he moves you a millimeter at a time you get brought yes. down the line yes okay. so uh but i'm um christy i loved one time we were at in uh a class, what was the name of that class? Daughters, Daughters of Royalty. And uh, we met, and after we had gotten to know each other, she said, Terry, you just have the, you and Mike have this no shame anointing, you know, that we can talk about our own selves and how we've been delivered. I've been through deliverance ministry more times than you can on fingers and toes. Yep. I'm not ashamed of it. I don't yep. care. Yeah, yep. I mean, it, I, I want free is, is really what it comes down to. Yeah. And it's like, for instance, uh, as much deliverance that we've done with people, uh, when Macy died, yep. we, uh, the enemy not only uses our weaknesses against us, he uses our strengths against us. And he used... Um, he slipped in on us and took our normal, natural grief until it was over the over, and it was just daily. It took me three years to Sorry. figure it out and get help. Yes. So. And so, uh, <laughs> so we were thought we were getting some uh, prophetic words by these two ladies that um, went to a prophetic conference. Yes. And then and we're sitting there with them. And then it's like, we can't go any further yep. until we deal with something that has devastated your heart. And they pointed at me. Yeah. And Terry looks at me and goes, Macy. it's Macy. And I'm going, yeah, it probably is. And then, I mean, I completely fell apart. Yeah. Uh, and they kicked out the spirits. And all yes. of a sudden, I can tell the story without crying now. Yes. So, I mean, yes. I, and I couldn't before. Uh, let me take so another we're, one minute. What, we're getting close to time. I know you guys got to get kids and stuff. Um, you don't have to do this, but if there are people in here who have received deliverance ministry from us uh, and it has absolutely changed your life, if you wouldn't mind, stand, stand up, up and raise your hands up. <laughs> okay. So thank you for having the, uh, the guts to stand up. <laughs> All right, you can sit back down. Yes. So. So uh, it's normal, right? Yeah, it's it's it's, yeah, life, it's you know. life changing, and, and uh, yes, it it changed my life. I was yeah. uh, you know, tormented by a spirit of fear for many years, and uh, just I mean, anxiety, all the stuff that goes along with it, and uh, I couldn't be up here doing what I'm doing right now with the same spirits that I dealt with through through most of my life. Uh, to be able to stand up and, and I, I'm very comfortable to preach and teach and whatever anymore and it doesn't bother me a bit but um, 
I'll give it back to you real quick. You can close this uh, Yeah, so I, I think we're, we're yeah. going to close for tonight. So uh, I, I was actually amazed when I saw how many people actually stood up because I didn't remember <laughs> what we'd done deliverance <laughs> ministry with. But from that standpoint, do not go very much longer than tonight if you if it's tweaked your head that you th and you think that you know what this is chronic i can't get rid of it i can't i can't renew my mind to it i can't read enough scripture i can't pray enough it's not working it's probably a daggone devil all right yeah i mean i mean that's as that's as upfront as i can get we, about it we i wouldn't go it this though. way it's not you it's, it's a, a who. who there you go yeah. i'm gonna teach that for a second teach yeah. that for a second can you say that scripture? Yeah, that it's changed? in Genesis. It's it's in the beginning when Adam and Eve are hiding. All right, God's, you know, hey, where are you? And they come out and they said, you know, naked and afraid. And God did not say, he didn't say, well, that's not a very nice thing to say. That's not very positive. No, he said, who told you that yep. there was a who yep. right. so, so let's face it now we're talking at the beginning all right this is god adam and eve mm -hmm. so for him to say who told you that mm -hmm. there was somebody there was another entity there was something else in play there yes. okay yes. Mm -hmm. right. yeah so um next week we're actually going to talk about do we have a hold on do we have a next week yeah you do yes Okay, we got it next week. <laughs> we had to pass muster tonight, all right? Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about the different uh, descriptions and, and different spirits, okay, that are just common. Um, and um, uh, we're going to talk about... Um, Names of spirits. We're going to talk yeah. about functions of spirits. We're going to talk yeah. about hierarchy of spirits. We're going to talk about principalities, how they operate. Uh, that some over, uh, operate over countries, some operate over regions, yeah. some operate over cities. Uh, yeah. You got a big one around here uh, that's spirit of poverty yep. uh, that, that, that yep. just absolutely Sets rules right this, this region. Yeah. I have a question. You were talking about that. So it can be like geographical type of things, like based like the generals. What would be in Africa, what would be here, what would be. Right. Well, interesting that you said that. Uh, Madeline. She said it was so strange. So we're dealing with um, witch doctors and and all this wild stuff. And we came to America, and it was like, wow, <laughs> this is easier, easier yeah. over here. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I I wanted to first of all thank you both for coming out and mentioning all this that I'm pretty I'm very much familiar, and um, I have been in uh, deliverance ministry for a bit in my home country. Hey, where are you from? I'm from Guyana. Good. Yep. So, um, that's in South America? Yes. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. where um, mm -hmm. Frederick and Indra, Indra are from, mm -hmm. our friends. <laughs> They're not, they don't live here. And um, everything that you have said so far tonight has been absolutely accurate and I can relate to if not some most of what you've talked uh, talked about including the books and I've met one of the writers myself um, in the my deliverance class that I attended and prophetic ministry uh, 
it was more rigorous because of the setting and where I'm located. Mm -hmm. There, Africa has their own uh, geo, uh, you know, dominion and so on. Mm -hmm. So that is totally on point. Uh, my dreams are different when I'm in a different country as well. Mm -hmm. So the Holy Spirit uh, reminded me that the demonic forces and the angelic forces, they all have different uh, tasks, assignments, yes. assignments of that yes. words than that of here. Yes. Uh, if I go somewhere else like Eastern Asia or Russia, it's, it's different. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, even though deliverance is one big umbrella, I realized that even the application of the sensor might be different. Yes. Mm -hmm. But it applies in terms of the Holy Spirit right across the board, regardless. Mm -hmm. um, it's just a very interesting, manipulative way in these different countries, but it's the same devil. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, my, I go to see my family in Oregon. I'm telling you, dropping into Portland, my Holy Spirit is riled up. Yeah. I, I hate to say, I hate Oregon. <laughs> um, it is uh, and, awful. And whatever happens in deliverance class stays in deliverance class. <laughs> I, you know what I said? I said, I'm glad I'm not called to Oregon, and somebody else is. Thank you, God, because there are some amazing, there have been some amazing churches planned in the last 10 years, and they are taking territory. Yeah. Let me go back to your yes. question, too. You were talking about regions and things yes. like that. Okay, first thing, when we're talking about... Two kingdoms, okay? God is uh, God, God is omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, you know, all that type of stuff. Demons are not, okay? They're going to be in one place at one time, okay? okay? Then you take the the, the, the the generals, the colonels, the majors, the captains, the all of that down the line, you know, all the way down to the buck privates. Then they're assigned to area, you know, buck privates are going to usually be dealing with people on a general basis. Then as they come up further and further, you do have what they'll refer to as principalities and people, but they're just spirits that have a little bit more power. They're not going to be the the, 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 big, the, big, the big general spirits. are not going to be in people. They're going to be over top of regions and stuff like that. So and I want to close with a scripture in Ephesians where it says, um, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Okay? So I want you to picture... Let's say this. Not Anybody that needs to go, go. You're not going to offend us. We know you got to get kids and all that stuff, but we'll be here for a little bit and go ahead. So I want you to picture. All right, so picture Terry. So here's Terry. What that scripture says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. All right? Draw the line right here. See that line right there? But against principalities. Uh, powers. powers against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places so this is separation so any spirits so when we are doing ministry we're, we, we can give grace and love to Terry but we do not give grace and love or nothing 
to these unclean spirits that are on this side of the line. So that's how, you know, it's like... Makes forgiveness a whole lot easier. Yes. That's how, that's one of the ways that you can actually forgive somebody. How do you, I used to go, well, how do you, well, because I had a big spirit of unforgiveness, okay? <laughs> how do you forgive somebody who raped you? How do you forgive somebody who murdered your sister? How do you forgive, okay, the big forgiveness stuff? Betrayals, the divorce, the adultery, all of that stuff. Well, you do it this way. You separate the person, the flesh and blood, from those spirits. And understanding. So I forgive her. I don't have, they will pay. They will pay one day. And, and we will be satisfied. Understanding also that forgiveness is not saying that what they did no. is okay. No. Okay. All it is is I'm not going to allow that to have power over me anymore, and I'm not dragging that baggage around with me anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not toting it on my back and letting it weigh me down. Yeah. So, mwah. we'll see you next week. And can I? Yes. Can you just clarify really quick? This is this stuff, and next week is not just for those who are wanting to be a part of deliverance ministry. This is just for God's children. Yeah. This is yes. for everybody. Yes. Mm -hmm. Parents, everybody. single. This is for everybody to change yes. your life. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Kindly pray for me. I'm leaving the United States to go back home. Okay. You're going back to Guyana. Guyana. I'm going to leave in the morning. I'm going to be in the air and on the ground for 12 to 3. How long will you be there? Uh, two. Okay. So let's pray right now. So let's okay. just pray. Heavenly Father, Father, in the name of Jesus, what's your name, honey? Crystal. 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 Okay. So, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray for Crystal right now for her trip. We thank you, Father, that as she goes into uh, her home country, that Father God, that she just has your favor all over it. She's dripping off of her like honey. And a God, that you just pour that favor out on her, that Father God, she has the right, the power, and the authority, according to the name of Jesus, to go there, to be prosperous, to be victorious, and to do all the things that she needs to do, to be protected, uh, and a God, that all of those things are, it's just a, a great time. Uh, it's an opportunity to go into that situation, accomplish the things that she needs to, and to bring back the victory, Father, that you've placed in her heart in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And I just ask for, uh, what is that called? Like it's a group of soldiers uh, like like for the president, what is that called when they... A detail. De what is it? A detail. A detail. They would know. So yep. we ask for security details yep. to go before her, yep. surround her, and have her back the whole time she's there until she comes back to us in Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen. 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 Hey, I just want to thank you for listening to this week's message. If it encouraged you, share it with someone. We all are on this Christian walk together. We're a body of believers that should be strengthening each other. So if it touched your heart, share it with someone else. If you want to become a part of community, we meet every Wednesday night at 730 after worship at 2400 Johnstown Road, Christ Temple Church in beautiful Huntington, West Virginia. We would love to have you a part of our service and we'd love to meet you. But most importantly, just make sure, reach out if you're in need of prayer or if you just need more community.